When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello, welcome to another episode of Blakey's Boot Room podcast, the number one Cardiff City podcast from Wales Online. Brought to you in association with Giovanni's Restaurants. It's not a good time for Cardiff City at the moment, but we are going to pick through all the problems from the Burnley game, look ahead to a daunting task against Spurs, and lots more with Nathan Blake and Paula Lendonato. I'm Dominic Booth, of course. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning or good afternoon, should I say, Dom? Uh, And thank you to all those who joined the Wales Online Live Q&A with Nathan that we've just done. Very good, very good. Some great questions. Some really good questions. Uh, more of the same, please, more of the same. We're going to eschew uh, Ask Blakey this week because of that, but you can, of course, read all those questions and keep on asking them on Twitter, uh, on Facebook as well. So I've got 200 next week instead of 150. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, mate. That's all right, mate. Don't apologise to the fan show. But let's get on with it then. Let's get into Cardiff 1, Burnley 2. Now, you can approach this two ways for me, Nathan. Mm-hmm. I would say, in one way, it was kind of a bit unlucky to lose the game. Yeah. And that they played pretty well, if not amazingly well. But on another one, you can say they weren't clinical and they got punished. And it's looking pretty gloomy at the moment in the Premier League. Which one would you take? A uh, mixture of both, I think. Sitting on the fence there, a bit dumb, I think. They did have enough chances to score enough goals to win the game for sure I think Burnley first half didn't really get the grips with the game at all uh, second half I thought um, Cardiff got better but so did Burnley uh, and then I felt Burnley just exploited Cardiff's you know weaknesses um, you know the throw in Morrison out of position midfield out of position pick the ball up, throw it in quickly, get the ball in, and Goodmanson at the far stick to nod it in. Um, Cardiff had some great opportunities, yes, but not from open play, really. But the goal from open play was an excellent goal. And uh, I've said, you know, in the Q&A there, that um, there was a moment, uh, Kamarasa, who picks the ball up off Manga, and he just shifts it from his left to his right and plays the pass all in one. And I don't think there's, maybe with the exception of that, I don't think any of our midfielders could have played or spotted that pass, to be honest with you. And uh, that's why I feel like he has got to be a central of a three and more advanced, closer to the striker, but doing his defensive duty as well. But I think the onus should be put on the likes of Kamarasa and Murphy, who are players of nine. Um, as you know, you're responsible for 
us going and getting wins the and creative threat and the creative threat yeah. yeah most definitely I also think then you add Hoylet and Reed to that attack um, and uh, and on forms a whore and you've 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 got four or five players who can who can really cause your problem cause most teams a problem yeah Camarasso and Murphy certainly the bright sparks Paul you rated them highly in your your role doing the ratings instead of me this week what what went wrong from the defensive point of view? Uh, lack of concentration. Um, that's all you can put it down to because the defence wasn't under much pressure. To be fair, Sean Morrison won pretty much every header against Sam Vokes. Um, but the first goal was a bit of a comedy of errors. It started with uncertainty between Morrison, Cunningham and Etheridge and when they allowed Vidra to come through. But they should never have allowed that. Should have got the body in the way there. Then cleared it for a long throw and then switched off as Burnley took it quickly, Blakey. Yeah, I think Sean was in that position, midfield was out of position. And where where Blakey and I disagree is that then the cross came in. I thought Etheridge shouldn't have let it go all the way across a six-yard box. And I certainly thought that Cunningham should have stopped Goodmanson having the free header at the back stick. I think he didn't jump into him, I think, was the problem, I said. I I felt... He didn't jump much as at all, we were, did he? I, I, you know, I played left back, you know, for Cardiff City. Played right back for Cardiff City, so I kind of understand each position throughout the team, bag or keeper, really. Yeah. And in that scenario, I would have been saying or thinking to myself, "Well, he wouldn't have beat me in the air, but if he's going to, he's going to be some header to have to score because yeah. I'm going to jump into him and I'm going to try and." If it means my back of my head hits him in the nose, yeah. then so be it. But he's going to be more concerned about getting his nose broken yeah. than he is about getting over the top of me and yeah. scoring. So, yeah. Second goal then, Dom, was... It's been well documented that Morrison was caught ball watching a bit as Vidra got away again, I think it was, yeah? Yeah, I think Bamba tries to read one in... in he thinks it's going to go into midfield as well. What I want to ask Blakey is this... Um, Vokes then Vokes did really well to get the Great power header. on that header from a little loop twist yeah. of his body. But but could Cunningham not have reacted quicker to get across and or am I being unfair or I him? think you're being unfair, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. But I mean that is a left back that's a full back's role, isn't it, to be in the right position when your defence is being pulled yeah. over to the other side. And, yeah, yeah. I or think did he actually do well to get that close? No, that's the, that's yeah, the point I'm making. I would probably go with the latter. Paul, okay, fair enough. Yeah. I felt like the goal, um, I can't remember who the midfielder was on the ball, but it looked as if he was going to play in the midfield. I think Saul thinks he's going to go and play short. Saul steps ahead. Sean stays back. Then Goodmanson makes a lovely little curve run between those two, in behind. The ball gets played over the top of Morrison. Everyone's retreating then. you got to think Cunningham's trying to get back in. He can see Vokes is coming across his line. Vokes, Vokes has got the run on him into the six-yard box. It's then about the ball that's in the box. Great little hook cross in, but... Vokes has still got so much to do. Turns all his body and everything and his neck muscles to, to direct it. They tell you to where it's come from, head it, but he doesn't. He, he sends it away from where it's come from. 
that's why he's such a good editor, a good finisher yeah, striker's point of view. It left I wouldn't leave Cunningham as a I wouldn't say Cunningham was at fault. I thought he'd done well to, yeah. to try and it, get something on it. Etheridge was, was left a bit flat-footed as well. He was caught out at his near post. Because he's not expecting him to go no, there. No, and Vokes, like you say, Vokes did, you know, John Tossett used to say this, you put the ball back where it came mm-hmm. from. That's what you're saying, you mm-hmm. learn as a centre-forward. Mm-hmm. But he didn't, did he, Vokes? No, he put he it in the complete, other direction. Hence why he had to twist his whole body and dive, yeah. if you like. Um, but what made it demoralising, Dom, is that Cardiff played as well as I've seen him play this season. But two defensive mix-ups, errors, lacks of concentration, whatever you want to call them, that they'd have got away with in the championship. But this, you know was, I always, this was the evidence. You know what we've said? You've got to be a bit cuter. Do you see how quickly Burnley, for that first goal, picked up the ball? Players, not coaching, this isn't. This is players recognising. This is cuteness. You mean for the throw-in or generally? Yeah, yeah. yeah, quickly they picked up the ball and threw the ball into play because they could see... Yeah. Cardiff were a bit. The the back line was like a snake, like I said. The Don it was it was well, they just, up and down. They just had the mix up. Well, they, they, yeah, and they yeah. just they just threw it in quickly. Midfield runner hooks the ball across. It's a goal, you know. It, it's just it's just taking advantage of someone's slight naivety, if you like. Do you know what I mean? And that's where Premier League experience comes in. Match experience. They were just a bit sharper, a bit cuter, and Cardiff. Like I said earlier on in the season, they've got to learn these lessons really, really I think quickly. they will learn from that one more than Man City Yeah, because it was a hard one to take. Because Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea, they can carve any team apart. Mm. Um, I know Neil Warnock said after the game... Well, I was going to come on to that. He, it, we say that they will learn lessons from the game against Burnley, but Warnock said afterwards he doesn't have a clue how to answer those defensive problems. No, there's that ele- suggests that they, maybe they, they won't learn lessons. Th- there's an element of tongue-in-cheek about that, Dom. But is that the right time to be tongue in cheek? Probably not. Like probably not. But that's Neil. That's been Neil's mantra so far this season, hasn't it? It's about enjoy it and be jovial and that sort of. You're thing. You're not going to enjoy it though. No. Are you enjoying it? I'm not. I didn't enjoy that defeat. I'm not enjoying it. I don't think defeat. the fans will be enjoying it. I don't think Neil's enjoying it. And I can guarantee you, as a player, you won't be enjoying it because at this moment in time, your your confidence is seeping. Yeah. Right. You're at the bottom, and. Listen, if you walk down, if you walk in a coffee shop today and there's two people you know and they're talking about you in a negative form, you don't like it. You're going to go over and say something. And they're at the point now where you're on match of the day every Saturday and those pundits are not just talking about you, they're crucifying you, right? Lots of people out there criticising, heavily criticising, because they're not trying to dissect the game and they don't know the club and they don't know what's happened to the club in recent years or well, they do but they skate over they're just looking at the here and now of performance and I'm saying there's far more to it right? I said on online I think at the moment at this moment in time Cardiff playing to Neil Warnock's plan and that plan was only a short term get promoted well save us and then get try and get to the playoffs he, he, he got up and above that and got you promoted but beyond that I look at the club and I don't see any sort of plan Dominic said that Ken Stewart said there was a succession plan. Well, I would like you to put that into practice, please, because I'm looking and I'm thinking, well, this is just Neil on his own, really. Hence why he's saying, just try and enjoy it, because he's not planning for the long term. You know, that's the club's job. That's the chief executive, the board, the owner. That's their job to successfully plan for 
what do I always say? Three, five, ten years. Now, if you get promoted, because your plan is all going to be based upon, once you get to the Premier League, what you're going to do kicks into action. You've got to the Premier League probably two years, maybe a year, three years before ahead of schedule. Yeah. Now, all you do is bring that plan into place and start uh, executing that plan. I said, if you remember, Paul, Dominic, Dominic and I spoke about this just now. I said after five games last season on the boot room, go and check it. This is going to be a very special season. Something special yeah, yeah. is happening this did. season. You, you were consistent. Right? Yeah. At that point, if I can recognise something is happening, I'm planning for next year. Right there. After five games, well, I recognise something is happening here and I'm going to start putting plans in place for Premier League football. If it doesn't work, then I execute my plan B, which is championship football. It's quite simple. But you would now be seeing my plan in action or the club's plan in action. Well, in July, that's when I went to see Ken Chu at Cardiff City Stadium uh, in a big question-answer session. And he was talking very explicitly about before the promotion was secured, they'd already identified two different ways of working in the summer for recruitment one if they won promotion and the other if they didn't win promotion now I don't know how far that went back Nathan maybe it didn't go far back as the as the start of the season when, when we started to think that they could win promotion but is it just a case of finances that no matter what the plan Cardiff couldn't recruit the right kind of players because of where they where they are and where they are compared to a Wolves or a Fulham who obviously got you know X amount more money and have planned Maybe, like you say, a bit better for the future. I would say there's one key point. You need to have one key signing that will make other people think they're serious. Right? So your plan, if I'm sat in that boardroom, has to consist of who is our statement signing? Right? And that statement signing can come from well, if he is coming from a championship, he's got to be known as the hot property of the championship. And then you're going to build around him. Kind of like the lad who went to Leicester from Norwich. Madison. Madison, right? Yeah. It's become a, a, a key player for Leicester also. But who was our marquee signing? Well, they were on loan. To then say, right, Paul Abandonato plays for Liverpool. He's now interested in coming. Dominic, he plays for... I don't know, Napoli. I've been in contact with him. He's now interested in coming because we've assured, we've signed Paul. Dominic said he will come. Yeah. X, Y, Z said they will come. So it's the problem so with the Marquee signings were both loan deals, really. Well, the players that now look at most at home. I think what Blakey is saying there is that players should have been, uh, what's the word, targeted, highlighted in advance. Yeah, well, that's one. That's what I'm saying as well. Because the loan deals came on deadline day, they were almost like last minute frantic search for for midfielders. Well, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't spell out isn't succession well, planning yeah. for me. What I'd, what I'd like to ask Blake is, I mean, you've mentioned they're Don Wolves and Fulham, and and you know they've shopped in Harrods to use an old phrase. Cardiff haven't. Um, Fulham literally have because they used to be owned by the guy. Well, absolutely. Have. But <laughs> look, Fulham Fulham is Westland and we know how salubrious it can be there. Um, 
but there are lots and lots of bigger and better clubs than Fulham FC in, in that area in London mm-hmm. um, Wolverhampton is a town not a city unless I've got that wrong Cardiff tried to get City State as many times as did Newport well, what, I'm try- what I'm trying to say <laughs> very similar what I'm trying to say Blake is that Cardiff should be a Premier League city in every sense should it not I'm can you see how blue my face is what I'm to say compared to Wolves talk till I'm blue in the face of course it's the capital Paul we're a country you know we have Cardiff fans like me saying or not Swansea down the road done well for seven years but they're nowhere near as big as club as Cardiff City. Mm. I think they would accept that. Well, I don't know about that. You know, well, <laughs> We've had this debate. <laughs> Look, you, you got in the Premier League twenty odd thousand, twenty five thousand. Bigger club, I'm right. not sure they accept it. So, but, but they they know deep down, <laughs> right? But my point is, you as the capital city or the capital club, expectation is higher. Mm. That's just comes this nature of the beast, I'm afraid. Mm. It comes with the territory. So Manchester United expectation is higher than Manchester City. People go, oh, not now. Yes, now even. Mm. Yeah? Liverpool expectation is higher than Everton. Mm. It's just the way it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter whether Liverpool are in the championship for 10 years. Expectation is still going to be higher at Liverpool because of their history and everything, blah, blah, blah. And they're the bigger club. Simple as that. And I just look at Cardiff and think, you know, you shouldn't be going to the Premier League having fun and enjoying it unless you're winning and unless you've got a, a, a sustainable plan that's going to keep you there. And if that sustainable plan fails and you go down, then you kick in your plan that you had for the championship or that you've recognised after 15 games, ooh, we could be going back down. So you start a succession plan for a championship whilst maintaining your plan to kick on the second year in the Premier League. It's quite, it's not easy. It takes a lot of hard work. But like I said, Dom, you know, if you're on the recruitment and building and behind the scenes, the CEO and all that, you don't really sleep, you don't really rest, you don't really celebrate because you're always looking for the and next. And you made, you made a good point as well when you were saying that you, in the Q&A online. You said, why is Warnock saying, we've discussed it before, why is Warnock saying, let's just enjoy it, let's just enjoy it? Before the season even started, he was saying to the fans, don't call for me to get sacked if we haven't won a game by October. Well, mm. here we are. Mm. He's only saying that because he knows maybe there's not a five-year plan in place, like you say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He knows he, he knows that, you know, what's going to... He's not. The plan is his plan, isn't it? It's only his plan. You can chew and people like that can say what they like and they won't thank me for what I'm saying but the fans will understand what I'm saying Neil has come in at the time when you were going to get relegated he saved you the the the, the, the plan was can you get us in the, and then around the top 6, 8 next season he betters that and gets you promoted at that point there's a decision that needs to be taken do you keep Neil and go into the Premier League or do you say to Neil Fantastic sterling job. Here's your bonus packet. We're moving in a different direction. For me, that is the key issue. And the club decided, no, we're going to stick behind Neil and go with Neil's short-term plan. Why? Because in my opinion, I don't think the club had a mid to long-term plan at all. I think what we're seeing is 
basically Neil having to juggle the whole shebang. And part of that juggling stroke short-term plan is, and I think Neil's on record as saying this, that if Cardiff go down, they will have a squad of players good enough to come back up again, a la Burnley, which is an example analogy that's been used on mm-hmm. more than one occasion. If it happens, great. I, it I, think that, I think that's easier said than done. It's when dangerous. I, very, when, very I, when, I, when I look at the quality of Aston Villa's I always, squad I always, right now, okay, I where I, they are. Right, exactly. So I say, why after two months say we're planning for next season in the Championship if you've worked last season at this point so hard to get to the Premiership? But I suppose the... It's like a dog chasing his tail. You know what I mean? The idea is to build the club. And all I'm saying is... I want the best for Cardiff City. If Cardiff are to go down, though, they need Neil Warnock to bring yeah, them back up again, yeah, Blakey. Yeah, yeah but then you're, in a, you're, you're dog chasing the tail because then you're back into the same position. Well, the, the idea only, is... Yo-yo yo clubs do exist. Well, they yeah, do they thrive do, sometimes. But you don't look at Burnley now and go, you're a yo-yo club, do you? You go, you're a, you're a, a, a constant part of a Premier League club. But for that you period, don't expect they were, them to go down. They were a yo-yo club for two, three years, and they did, and then they managed to build, having been a championship club, then a yo-yo club, they then became a mid-sale Premier League club. Mm. Is that a way that Cardiff can go, or is that, or like we say, is that too risky? Or you go Bournemouth win, go up and stay up. I think the point Blakey's making again, I come back to the Wolves. <laughs> that's better. That's, that's definitely a better you know what I mean? no, but I've, I've made a Wolves-Fulham analogy, but let's take that even further and make a Burnley-Bournemouth analogy. Those clubs are not as big as Cardiff City. If they can stay... But they're more established out. Premier League clubs, Paul. Well, they are, but this is exactly the point. Surely but, Cardiff should but have got a lot, a, you, you've got lot more going the, for it as a The city. Burnley board and give them a lot of credit for what... First of all, the manager they picked in Sean Dyche, and then not saying oh okay we think we're a Premier League club even though we've got the wage bill doesn't say it the structure doesn't say it the ground or the training ground doesn't say it we're going to pretend like we're directors and we're Premier League and oh Sean it's all your fault scapegoat out you go no they said well well, we're going to have to try and get up and build towards this it's different when you've got billionaire owners that's what everyone keeps their fingers crossed for that they get a good billionaire owner in their club who's going to give money and build the club. The Cardiff have now, one of those, Blakey? I think he may have lost billionaire status, but it's, you're, you're it's of, marginal. You're, you're, you're answering my point, Paul. That's, it's, it's, oh, I look at the situation and think it, it's only poor planning that's keeping you from being successful, in my opinion, because you've got everything you need. Once you get a training ground in place, that's it there is no more you've got the stadium you get a training ground then it's just about building the squad with the right manager what do your fans want to see kind of get that from the feeling of you being at every game or most games and understanding your fans and how they think and how they work and then you start to build your philosophy around your club and you start to bring in people coaching level at 18s because all this is important 23s first team bang 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 you start to bring and you start to put all this together my my point is my problem is if you've never done that before and don't really have an inkling how that should be done then you kind of hand the reins over to someone that does and that's what I think Cardiff have done with Neil they've given him the reins and said no, we're not going to admit this, but we don't really know what we're doing. But if you look at succession prior to Neil Warnock and the list of managers, 
and you go from Malky to Ollie to help me out Slade to Trollop and then to Warlock well you wouldn't look and say that's good succession planning would you well, it's a mishmash, and it, and that sums up where they were before Warnock took over. And Crikey, isn't Blakey speaking philosophically today? God, <laughs> no, he's, he's, you know. It was that question and answer. He's got uh, me thinking. This is this is this is compelling. Martin Luther compelling Blakey, show. Martin Luther. Uh, I have a dream. So let's have a <laughs> let's have a quick break. We're the little talking, birds. For one talking, day. I was talking about the German philosopher, but uh, the nineteen sixties oh, okay. American one's fine as well. Um, let's have a quick break, and then we will talk about the more immediate future at Cardiff City. Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. So my question for part two in the debate, uh, chaps, is where do Cardiff City go from here? How do they solve their more immediate problems on the pitch? We talked about five-year plans and future blueprints for success, promotion, yo-yoing, but how do they stay up this season? How do they get a first Premier League win on the board, which still needs to happen, Blakey. May not happen this weekend against Spurs. Mm. And then how do they how do they find a find a formula? They go Etheridge in goal, they go Manga right back or centre back along with Morrison and Bamba. Let's take for granted it's a four. So you go with the back four, Bennett or Cunningham. Then you go with Rawls and Arta holding and you go with Camarasa ahead as a number 10 yeah as a number not number 10 advancing I like to call him yeah and then you go with Hoyler on one side possibly Reed on the other side with Murphy down the middle or Zahor down the middle Murphy on one side Hoyler on the other or Reed on the other and you say to the likes of Camarasa Murphy especially you two now are going to be the main talisman of this team. You need to carry us to glory, basically. That's the responsibility I'm putting on your shoulders. And I think how we scored our goal against Burnley, more of that, it was please. A class goal. It was a very good goal. And I think Murphy and Camarasa are the key, and I would try and get them central and on the ball as much as possible. So if you... Saw Bamba tackle someone, centre forward, your immediate thought, and this is what you work on, immediate thoughts are, is to push that ball either into Rawls or Gunnarsson or Arta, who's then going to be looking for Camarasso, who's going to be between the lines or out wide from a central position, and then you're looking to play into the likes of Murphy and what have you. So, so what you're saying in a nutshell is that Cardiff have got the raw materials there. I think they have, yeah. I, I just don't think they've discovered um, it's their best a while. way of taking advantage of it. Well, you know... The Premier League does or, that, I guess. Horses for courses. It, it depends, you know. I thought after seeing Camaras in the first game, I would play him in a central midfield role. Well, he did, and then he seemed to move him out wide. I don't mm, know whether he Because wanted. he did, and he scored, didn't he, against Arsenal, was it? Yes. Well, off the right. Uh, Roll so, that ball down. And yeah, yeah. Post, so yeah. it was easy to do. But for me, he's clearly the most creative midfielder. So if he's the most creative, you want him on the ball more than anybody else, don't you? That's the idea. And Murphy, Paul, I think we. I think he's a real player. I think 
if Cardiff don't, if Cardiff can't utilise Josh Murphy's ability and his skill and his pace, then it'd be a crying shame, wouldn't it? If if people are really saying Cardiff are as bad, you know, obviously we don't listen to all the pundits from around the country, but they're not as bad if they've I, got players like Josh Murphy. I my, the reason I'm not as pessimistic as as others are, and of course none of us in this room are that. No, pessimistic. no, but I think a lot of people are quite understandably down after the Burnley game. Where are Cardiff going to win the next game? But I. I, I look at that, and if Kenneth Zahor is firing, and if Josh Murphy is firing, I think Cardiff have some serious firepower there, even at this level. Now, yeah, people will throw back and be, well, there's not a jot of evidence of Zahor doing it yet, and there isn't in the Premier League, although I actually think he did okay in the first half against Burnley. Yeah, but I think he did okay. I, I think with those two, there is still a possibility of doing something, and if Hoyle can get back to the sort of form that we know he can produce. There's something Cardiff have got. I haven't factored Camarasa into, into the debate as much as Blakey has, but he's explained it to me privately before this show. And I can buy into that as well. I think there is something for Cardiff going forward there. Well, this is a player um, who was in top half of La Liga last season, playing but, but, regularly. But Zahor has to, has to produce going forward. You know, as Blake says, you know, he's, he's built like the proverbial brick house. He's got pace. He's got power. We know he's got a shot in him. We need to see that. I would change we, the way. We need to see that. I would change, alter, not massively, but I would change the way Cardiff are playing at the moment. So how they score the goal, I would want to introduce more of that. But even Zahor, if he's playing up front, I wouldn't be playing from back to front. Mm. I would be playing into midfield and into the likes of Camarasa. All the two other lads... And I would be saying to the likes of Murphy, Zahor, Hoylet, Reed, I want to exploit their back four for pace. So we're not, not going to be playing up to Kenneth, back to Rawls, and then up out to Murphy. We're going to be playing into um, Rawls, or and or then into Camarasa, who's going to be looking for one of you three who's going to I'm going to be seeing the numbers who are seeing the back to you and we're going to be looking to start opening up defences in between centre back and full back in between two centre backs just like Burnley did to us on the weekend for the second goal you know Goodmanson little run off the line that could be Hoylet little run off the line in between two centre backs the winger little cross goal see what I'm trying to say Dom is that I know there's a lot of Cardiff fans who love Danny Ward, right? But I, I don't see it at Premier League level with, with Ward or Medine, right? But I think Zahor still has the raw material, the raw attributes to do it. If it's not to be him, I can buy a Bobby Reid or a Josh Murphy further forward. But they haven't got the presence Ken has. So but the Cardiff need presence, like Blakey Mur- says, you need a different way of going about it. Yeah, I would say Murphy has. I would say, I don't look at Ken and think his hold at playing this level is unbelievable. No reason why I, it shouldn't be better than I, I Yeah, I said to you, like, last year, the, the defining game to win the championship was the Wolves at home game. Yeah. And I thought, you know, Bowley just, just had the better of him, strength. Yeah. But, yeah. And Kenneth should have changed the way he played Bowley. He should have yeah. forgot about holding up the ball because now this geezer's just as strong as me. And I'm going to switch attack. I'm going to come for the ball and tell my midfielders, you know, every time you see me show, put it in behind because I'm going to spin it. 
Bleak has picked his team in terms of mine. For Tottenham, I'd go five at the back, Dom. I'd, yeah. play, I'd play, I would put your best left back at left back, who for me is Joe Bennett. Three meatheads. I'd put your best right back at right back, who for me is Jazz Richards. I'd put, there's an argument saying Manga is your best centre back, so I'd put him centre back. Now, for this game, I'd also play Bamba Morrison as well. But moving forward, there may have to be a call about one of the other two that the manager has to make, which would be a huge call because clearly Bamba and Morrison are his first choice. Which but, one would you drop if you had to? He's going to say Bamba all day. No, I, I would stick with Bamba. I'd keep day. Bamba in the team. Because um, well, he's, he's been on the boot room, that's but then, you, but then you're making the call and leaving the captain out, and that's a massive, massive call if you are doing that. So, What's more important, survival or upsetting somebody's feelings? I just think Jazz would be more comfortable at right-back, particularly if he gets a consistent run, and I think Mango would be more comfortable at centre-back, Blake. So, I don't know. In, a, in, a, in effect, then, what you're saying is, by Neil giving Morrison the captaincy, is actually where we said last year Saul was the captain, but... Uh, Morrison had the armband that is now posing you a problem listen Morrison for me was arguably the player of the season last year well, he so was. I don't want to be criticising Sean Morrison right that it's bloke. not criticised no, we're looking at winning games Yeah, that bloke that's the a, ultimate yeah? he did a, it's he not did. about anybody listen what you've done last year is last year this is what I say to you you've got to take sentiment out of the football it's hard to though it's very it? hard it's hard to but you've got to be ruthless mate if you want to win this is because, uh, you know, 30,000 fans don't come and go, oh, yeah, we lost three. Uh, Sean and Saul have made three mistakes for the goals, but they were great last season. <laughs> last season's gone. It's a different different time. It's in the history books. It's like you were good in last week's podcast, Blakey, but this week, I'm not so sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get, get a new Blakey in. <laughs> Okay. What about the rest of your team, Paul? Finish that off and then... Uh, uh, for, for just short term, yeah. Um, for Spurs, so then. for Spurs, so I've got five at the back plus a goalie. Camaras obviously has to play. Arta has to play. How many is that? That's eight. Zahor and Murphy has to play. That's ten. Do I then play Patterson or Rawls in the midfield with the other two? Take your pick. Do you play three-five-two with one of Patterson or Rawls in, in the midfield of three? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Blakey's Boot Room from Wales Online. So for the final part of the podcast, <laughs> after all that debate, it's time to reflect on Nathan Blake's predictions from last week. I want to know what predictions week. were from last week, please. You know full well, Nathan, what, what your predictions were, they, were from Dom? last week, because we discussed them off air. I think you How got many did I get? eight correct scores. Did I get eight? eight correct results out of ten. Did I? So that's... Uh, and the, the two results that I missed that on? You didn't see Chelsea beating the. Uh, you said Chelsea would beat Liverpool and they drew. Last so you got minute goal. Mr. Sturridge's last minute worldie. screamer to thank for that. Yeah. Um, Cardiff and you thought Cardiff would beat Burnley. Heart and head, I said. You should have gone with a head. If you would have got 9 mm, out of 10. I would have got 10 out of 10. Yeah, well, there we Not go. Not for Sturridge and that last minute worldie. So we'll get to our own. Predictions for. Oh, Donna, I want some, some big up to that. That's serious. <laughs> no, I'm <only> joking. <laughs> You've done well, Nathan. You've done well. Thank that's you all, very that's much. That's all Tom. I can say. We'll get to our predictions for the Cardiff Spurs game and talk a little bit about that at the end of this section. But as always, Nathan, your Premier League predictions for the week ahead. I'll leave it with you. Okay. Brighton, West Ham, 1 1. Reasons for that? 
Brighton at home needing points. West Ham picked up, running with a lot of confidence. But still, I think Chris Hutton up against that West Ham team, I still think he'll come out with something. Um, Burnley, Huddersfield. I think Burnley will probably go three in a row. So I'll go 2 0 uh, to Burnley. Uh, Palace, Wolves. Palace, strange, but very good at home. But Wolves are proving too much of a problem for a lot of teams. So I'm going to go 1 2. Ooh. Interesting, Mum. Uh, Leicester, Everton. This is a really tricky one because. Lesser in decent form, but so Everton. But I'm gonna go Everton without a goal scorer. I'm gonna go uh, three one Leicester. Uh, Spurs. God we'll come back we'll to come that. Back. <laughs> Think about Watford, that. Watford, Bournemouth. That's gonna be a hell of a game. I'm gonna go high scoring three three. Uh, Man United, Newcastle. Well, Man U can't stay out the news for all the wrong reasons at the moment. And Newcastle, they all the same. The same can be said for them. They they need a lot of lot of help right now. But I'm gonna go with a tight two one win for United. Uh, Fulham Arsenal. I'm gonna go Fulham. Two Arsenal, three, because I think Arsenal are on a lovely roll and Fulham are struggling with a bit of confidence. Entertaining one, that. Yeah, uh, Southampton, Chelsea, Southampton, good cup win in the week, but I still think there's a lot. I think they're one of the teams that we could be looking to drag down and overtake Southampton, actually. So I'm going to go a 4 1 away win for Chelsea. And Liverpool, Man City, well, throw your hat up in the air. Uh, Great game, that. Yeah, Liverpool turned them over twice last season. Uh, Liverpool playing Champions League yeah. tonight. Playing against yeah. Napoli Wednesday night, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a 1-2 scoreline, 2-1 Man City. So, Spurs. So, Spurs. before we do Carlos Spurs, I should probably mention that Christian Eriksen, Deli Ali, Jan Vertonghen, Moussa Dembele, and Serge Aurier are all injured for Spurs. Well, Serge Aurier is not in their first team. Okay. So let's discount him. The rest of them. Yeah. Pretty significant players. Does that does that make it any easier for Cardiff, or you've got to worry about no. Kane or Son or whoever else? No, I don't think that makes much of a difference from Cardiff's point of view. You've got Spurs have got quality on their bench. They've got players they can bring in. They'll still have a very good start in the eleven, Lamella, and play people like that on the bench. So, no, I don't think it makes much difference. I think it's, you know. Can they limit Kane? And how can they? <laughs> uh, no, <and> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, because better, better players and better, better set up teams have tried, and it, 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 it doesn't work. So, you know. I think it's going to be a, a, a mighty, mighty ask on a big old pitch as well that Spurs are now used to playing on. And Cardiff have yet to play on that size pitch for a while. So it's going to be a big ask. So having said all that, what are you saying for this game? 
Spurs three, Cardiff one. Spurs three, Cardiff one. Paul, I think they will be a miss, particularly Ericsson, who makes them tick, and Deli Ali. Um, I think also the fact that Tottenham are playing Barcelona on Wednesday night in the Champions League will take a lot out of them. I think this might be tighter than people think. I got a feeling Cardiff I might. So. I got a feeling Cardiff might hold them for quite a while. They'll probably lose it one nil in the end, though. Okay. I was going to say one nil as well, to be honest with you, because I think, like you say, it could be ten men behind the ball job for Cardiff, as they might feel they have to do that in order to win. Mm. There we go. Sorry, we can't be more positive listeners, but that's the way it's going at the minute. But thanks both. Nathan and Paul for your contributions today. Remember, you can get all the latest Cardiff City news on Wales Online. The podcast is brought to you in association with Giovanni's. You can listen on Acast, Spotify or iTunes and also subscribe there. And of course, if you want to ask us a question, go to Cardiff City Live on Twitter. But from all of us this week, thank you for joining us and we'll be back very, very soon. Thanking you.